0: Welcome into another episode of the Z-Ball Podcast, recording this on a late Saturday afternoon in Southern California, about a week out from all the big free agency moves. It's been a crazy NBA offseason, lots of moves, Uh, not that many big free agent names, but still nonetheless, the NBA offseason never disappoints. Lots of free agent moves, trades, lots of uh, rumors going on, so to discuss all that, join me this afternoon from vancouver british columbia we have haroon what up haroon
1: what's up c how's it going
0: doing well um enjoying uh the summer weather uh it's been a crazy summer in the nba lots of money doled out uh, lots of uh, players being overpaid lots of big extensions so we'll go ahead and get started uh, with what I thought was kind of the kickoff of free agency offseason. It was Father's Day, June 18th, about two, uh, three weeks ago, excuse me, when Bradley Beal was traded to Phoenix for uh, Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, some pick swaps, and multiple second-round picks. So Phoenix loading up, uh, again, uh, kind of a new big three with Beal, Durant, and Booker now. And... Since then, they've also kind of uh, rounded that out with some uh, low-level free agent types, uh, some pretty good signings. So what do you think about that initial trade, Bradley Beal going to Phoenix and joining Devin Booker and Kevin Durant?
1: Yeah, I think uh, Beal had a, ro- a lot of power with the no-trade clause. So it was, uh, like the Suns got a really good deal out of it. They were able to keep Aiden. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a stacked team offensively. So you got to see if uh, they can actually work together and get the chemistry there or if it's going to be a Brooklyn Nets 2.0 situation.
0: Okay, Brooklyn Nets, obviously that kind of flamed out for a lot of different reasons. KD's shoe size, uh, Kyrie's uh, antics, James Harden's antics. Uh, that was a stacked offensive team and when they were healthy, they were considered a juggernaut and just unfortunately, they weren't able to go far. And then for Phoenix, uh, with Kevin Durant, obviously they flamed out because of depth this season without Bradley Beal. Uh, didn't have enough depth outside of uh, Booker and Durant. Those were the two main scorers. And what do, we, what do you think we see from Kevin Durant? I mean, he's kind of... He's been still, still good, obviously. One of the elite players. But in these past two kind of playoffs, uh, in 2022, uh, in the first round, when they got swept versus Boston... Brooklyn, And then uh, this past one, 2023, the two rounds they uh, played in versus the Clippers and the Nuggets, he was not uh, as effective as we've usually seen him. And kind of the efficiency has kind of come down. So you think that's a sign for concern moving forward?
1: Um, yeah, one thing, I think physicality really bothers him. So that's why he played so poorly in that in that Celtics series. Because with them, they were a really physical team. Um yeah, and I think that's going to continue, especially as he ages, and he is uh, known to be a injury prone prone player. So um, he probably is thinking about uh, like how to avoid getting injured and just kind of avoid that physical defense and such. So I think it will play a factor going forward. Um, they do have a lot. They have a lot of star power. They have a lot of offensive power. Um, it's all about just putting it together and seeing as they can. Um, be cohesive. I like. I really like their their free agency signings. Like, they're all veterans. Uh, they're all great pickups. Um, Utah Wandanabe, That's one guy I really wanted on the Warriors, but he went on Phoenix. I think he's going to be huge for them. He's like six eight, Shot like forty four percent from the corner three. He's played with draft before. Um, so I think they have a really well rounded team. I think uh, their biggest. Obstacles are going to be staying healthy and uh, just being able to play cohesively with uh, three big stars.
0: Okay, and then also they have new coaching now uh, with the Frank Vogel. Uh, Monty Williams is no longer there. Uh, what do you think he brings uh, as far as kind of? Uh, they were pretty good defensively, I think, in that title run in 21 when they had, uh, Chris Paul was still pretty good, and then they had Mikal Bridges and uh, Ayton was pretty good defensively. Uh, do you think he brings uh, that kind of defensive identity to them this season?
1: Yeah, I definitely think he brings a defensive identity for them, and he's a coach known for um, getting the most out of bigs. So if he can unlock another level to DeAndre Ayton, that can be like uh, the X factor for them.
0: Okay, are we going to see DeAndre Ayton become like Roy Hibbert versus the Heat?
1: (laughs) Maybe, who knows, if he gets his verticality uh, perfected.
0: Okay, for sure. Yeah, I mean Phoenix. I mean, I don't. I thought they were primed for a run this season, but obviously it was just too quick. Obviously, and no like team really has ever like acquired a superstar mid season and really kind of went on a run. So, I guess the Lakers in 'O eight are kind of, but that was like a second level superstar. It wasn't like their main superstar, but uh, let's see what let's see what happens. It should be fun and interesting, uh, and. A lot of yeah, offensive guys, I mean, I'm interested to see how kind of they kind of share the the touches between uh, Bradley Beal, and I'm, I'm interested to see if Bradley Beal kind of becomes like what Ray Allen became uh, with the Celtics when in 07-08, kind of more uh, off the ball spot up and not as much on the ball as he was in his uh, early playing days. So that will be kind of interesting to see because that was a, kind of a big wrinkle for uh, Boston when, they acquired those three guys, Pierce, Allen, and Garnett. I think Allen went more off the ball and kind of, uh, I think yeah, that's the role he had to accept in order for them to kind of succeed and go deep in playoffs. So, all right, enough about the Phoenix Suns. Uh, in addition to that trade, so kind of a spinoff of that trade, uh, the Wa- the Wizards traded uh, Chris Paul to your Warriors for Jordan Poole and kind of some other pieces that went along, but those were the two main pieces. So uh, I know a lot of Warriors fans have a lot of animosity towards Chris Paul for the last uh, 10, 11 years, and a lot of the Warriors players as well, uh, Steph Curry, Draymond Green and stuff. So uh, what what were your thoughts initially when you heard about the trade?
1: Yeah, it was was kind of shocking. I wasn't uh, expecting that. Um, But it just goes to show how hard it was to get rid of Poole's contract Um, because afterwards there were reports where they were trying to get OG from Toronto but they don't want Jordan Poole and um, a couple other ones I can't remember off the top of my head. So the main reason for this trade was kind of get uh, um, Jordan Poole off the books and then you have Chris Paul who's going to be an expiring contract. If they choose to and if they choose to keep him, he can be... Uh, a really good uh, point guard for the second unit, and that's something that the Warriors have missed. Uh, I think since Sean Livingston retired, is exactly that like that? And the point guard they can come off the bench, you know, keep slow the pace down and just hold the fort down until um, Curry comes back in. Because last year you saw like the starters were bent, like get a big lead in a lot of games, and then they'd, uh, the bench would come in and they'd just blow that lead. Uh, very quickly, and that was, a lot of it was due to Jordan Poole's play, he would play really fast, out of control, having turnovers, um, putting up bad shots, not really being able to get anyone else involved. So I think a lot of that changes with Chris Paul. Um, he's going to be more poised, and he's going to be able to get easy buckets, I think, for the young guys in Moody and Kaminga. Um, who I think are poised to take a big leap this year anyways as uh, Moody would figure something out towards the end of the year, he cracked the rotation and he was even getting solid playoff maintenance. Kaminga was doing really good in the regular season and one of his requests in the off season was to ask for a bigger role or be traded so I think they are going to give him that bigger role. Um, so I think overall it's gonna be good. Though the main concern with Chris Paul is he's injured every year in the playoffs. So it's kind of at this point like you gotta expect that after the first round, Chris Paul is gonna get
0: injured at some point if she have a deep run. Okay, yeah, for sure. All good points. Uh, so uh, uh, interesting off se- or interesting season, excuse me, for the Warriors last season for the, their title defense. A very eventful one. at to- Obviously, it didn't start off well in training camp when uh, Draymond Green uh, clocked uh, Jordan Poole in the face—a a vicious punch—and uh, I mean it was just a uh, a lot of uh, whining I heard from uh, the uh, the younger players. Uh, just and it was kind of just interesting. They were trying to commingle kind of the two timelines, go from one timeline to another. One dynasty into another, so I mean, there's a lot of uh, interesting stuff that took place. But what kind of what I saw from looking looking on the outside in, it was I saw like a lot of the veteran guys and Steve Kerr in particular uh, get very irked and annoyed by uh, by the younger players and even uh, Stephen Curry. He had I mean, he's obviously a leader by example, but vocally he doesn't have many of those speeches. And he had that speech in the first round to all the young guys after uh, Game 6 in the Sacramento series. So what was kind of your, your take on kind of looking at that situation with the young guys? Uh, I mean, because some of those young guys that they've drafted, two of them are already gone now in uh, Wiseman and now Jordan Poole. So what was your whole take on kind of the uh, the veteran guys versus the, the younger guys? I know it's not obviously like that, but it, it kind of seems like that to me. Just on
1: the outside looking in. Yeah, no, that was definitely a big issue. And uh, the Green on punch, it kind of messed up the energy right from the jump. Like, you could see on every game, like, they were just sitting on the bench. Like, whoever's on the bench is just sitting on the bench. There's not a lot of, like, cheering, you know. Um, like, the vibes aren't there like they were in 2022. So that, like, right off the bat, that was off to a horrible start. Just ruined the chemistry. And, yeah, there definitely was, seemed to be internal conflict between, um, Myers, Kerr, the Vets, versus, uh, Lakeup and the young guys, because Lakeup was really pushing the two timelines thing, and, uh, he just wanted to, uh, like, focus on developing the young guys. The young guys want to, obviously, develop, make mistakes, get better, and just play for their next NBA contract, whereas, um, the vets, Kerr and Myers, are just playing to, you know, win now, get another championship, just uh, while Curry is still in his prime, so it's definitely a big issue, and you saw that um, as Steve Kerr, I think, was sending a message when he chose to play Jeremy Lamb and uh, Ty Jerome over the young guys, consistently over the season. Um, I think he was just kind of sending a message to wake up, and it was a standoff that kind of was, uh, was going on throughout the season. And then obviously you had Andrew Wiggins missing two months, which um, messed things up because they were very guard heavy last year. They only had, um, kind of like the only picks they had were Draymond and Mooney, and the only wings they had were Wiggins and um, Kuminga, and maybe if you, uh, Dante can be considered a small wing. So I think last year they had a lot of issues chemistry, you know, like, especially between the front office and Kerr and Myers, but I think a lot of that is gone, Um, and now I think they have decided to focus on winning now. Uh, So I'd like, um, so I think even just, like, just being on the same page this year is just gonna give a huge boost anyways um, into their play, and uh, CP3 hopefully could stay healthy, leave the bench unit, and Sarek was a good pickup. I really like that pickup for them. They're, they're really missing a stretch big. Um, Otto Porter Jr. was a huge part of their championship run, so I hope he brings something of that similar nature back to the Warriors. And I think this year, like, now they're all in. And I kind of have a feeling they're going to test out Chris Paul, and if not, they might even just trade him because he's an expiring contract with... Um, along with the young guys like Kaminga and Moody for, for someone big.
0: Okay. Is that is that someone big, Pascal Siakam or something like that? What do you think?
1: Yeah. See, I think Siakam would be really good. He gives that size, the wing, the defense, scoring ability, and he's already proven that he can be the second-best player on a championship team. Um, so I think someone like that would be good, and it kind of makes more sense once they got the Corey Joseph. Um, signing done because it kind of seems like they, they, he's the backup in case they do have a trade for Chris Paul and he can just slot into the to the backup point guard role. And I think he, he's going to do really well too. He's a smart player. Um, he's played on the Spurs, you know, and played under Pop. So I think, um, yeah, I think there's definitely something might be brewing with Chris Paul
0: okay for sure yeah i mean just uh going back to the trade uh initially just kind of uh, the jordan pool chris paul trade initially I, i'm a big chris paul fan always have been i was kind of just confused and kind of in it, my initial reaction i was really confused at how why they would give up on uh, jordan pool young guy so quickly and then kind of just looking into it uh kind of delving deep into it i kind of obviously like you said the big reason the main reason was getting rid of pools uh Four year, one hundred forty million dollar extension that he just signed. uh, After that, uh, right before I think last season started, and instantly uh, after kind of looking at at the kind of the details, uh, two things that stick out to me instantly: they're better defensively with Chris Paul, and obviously, like you said, a higher IQ team. Just instantly with him leading the second unit, and more of a veteran laden win now, like you said. And then, kind of going back to that veteran-laden thing, uh, they re-signed Draymond Green as well to a four-year, hundred-million-dollar contract. So it looks like they're keeping uh, the Curry, Green, and Clay, the the homegrown uh, talents, that all the all guys that they drafted uh, along for the majority, if not all, their career. So, what do you kind of? Uh, I think uh, kind of a, about that move. I mean, is Clay gonna stay? I mean, if anyone gets traded, Clay's gotta be the tri- the prime one. What do, yeah, do you? I, think,
1: I honestly think with Draymond staying, like it was a pretty good deal. He took a discount. Um, so I think Clay is definitely gonna stay now. I think they have a plan to kind of just um, finish off their careers together because Curry's on contract for three more years. Um, and Draymond even said he wanted a, a contract that lines up with Curry's. So he has a four-year deal, but uh, I believe it's a team option in the, in the fourth year. Um, Clay is going to be expiring next summer. I think he's going to take a discount because he's already mentioned on how grateful he was that the Warriors gave him the max right after he tore his ACL. So I think he's going to be 40 mil next year. And, like, just because of his age and his injuries, he's not a $40 million player. Um, so I think he takes a discount next year and just signs, like, a three-, four-year deal, just like um, Draymond did as well. And then I was reading something where um, where if he takes a discount as well, and with Draymond taking the discount and them getting rid of Poole's contract, I think they'll have it enough to be under the second apron enough to get the uh, the taxpayers' made level exception, so that could be something that they're working towards um, and hoping on to bring someone else who could help them make another run uh, in 2025.
0: Okay, for sure. And then uh, the rookie they drafted, uh, Brandon Podziemski from Santa Clara, do you think he can, he's a, a good candidate to kind of uh, do what Clay Thompson did? Kind of spot up uh, off the ball type guy. Maybe not as good defensively or as le- as athletic. But what what do you what do you think of him from what you've seen so far? Yeah,
1: yeah. I haven't seen too much of him so far, to be honest. Um, seen some clips in the summer league. Uh, his shot looks decent. He's definitely his shot's not going to be anywhere near in place. Um, but yeah, he seems like a smart player, and I don't think he's going to get much time in the first two years because Kerr doesn't like playing young guys he likes playing vets and i'm all for that so i don't think we're going to be seeing much of him the first few years but i definitely think he's he's a smart player from what i've seen from him and he can definitely
0: uh have a positive impact on the warriors okay for sure and the Warriors, yeah, just trying to maximize Steph Curry the last uh, four or five years of his career as much as possible, try to make title runs. And I obviously, I think that's uh, the smart move, the, w- the way to go, because I think they're only going to go as far as he takes them. So Yeah,
1: definitely. And when you have a talent like that, like, you need to maximize their window as much as possible.
0: Okay, for sure. Uh, moving on to the next big trade, it occurred... Uh, The night before uh, the 2023 NBA draft. So it was a trade that kind of fell through at first, but then they kind of reworked it. Uh, So it was the Celtics, Wizards, and Grizzlies. They uh, engaged in a three-team trade. Uh, Chris Tapps, Porzingis, the Zinger, the Lativian gangbanger, went from the Washington Wizards to the Celtics. Tyus Jones went from the Grizzlies or from the... Yeah, the Grizzlies to the Wizards, and Marcus Smart went from the Celtics to the Grizzlies. So what was your kind of takeaway on that trade, and who do you think won out from the three teams?
1: Um, yeah, I honestly think it was a good um, good move for all three teams. Um, if you look at it, Tyrus Jones, he was considered the best point guard, backup point guard in the league last year. So it's a good, um, good young player to put her out with pair with Poole and uh, Kuzma, in Washington. Um, they're obviously the Wizards are a team that is never really any good. So, but they'll be like a fun 35 um, win team, I think. Um, and then for for the Grizzlies, it's they they got rid of uh, Dylan Brooks, but now they bring in a guy with higher intensity and I think who's better offensively um, in Marcus Smart and to bring sort of a veteran leadership and they, they kind of need that um, with all the stuff that's happened to, to the Grizzlies the past year and then um, well losing Marcus Smart hurts the Celtics I think getting Christopher Brzingis is absolutely huge um, it just brings so much size and uh, he can spread the floor. He can He just had an amazing year in Washington. Um, so now, um, yeah, I think he takes out Horford's spot, and how Horford comes off the bench because you could really see Horford's age showing last playoffs. Um, but yeah, I think he can he can uh, make a big difference for them. The only part, the, the only problem is um, they kind of uh, need better playmaking. I think like Brogdon's always injured. And I think Marcus Smart was like their main uh playmaker and now
0: um now I think it's going to be Derrick White and Brogdon. Okay, for sure, yeah. So like we'll discuss all these all three of these teams. We'll start with the Wizards. Uh like you said, they'll be a fun thirty five win team. Not much else to say. They did get your boy Jordan Poole and the trade obviously we discussed. Uh they re signed Kyle Kuzma. So those will be their two uh main guys. Uh uh, moving forward and kind of some of the young guys they drafted. Uh, so not much else to say about them. But let's let's move into the Grizzlies. So this is a team that many thought like could kind of contend when fully healthy, but obviously they've had injuries. They've had uh, off the court stuff with their superstar John Morant. He's uh now suspended uh 25 games, the first 25 games of next season, due to off court uh, incidents involving guns, and uh. They did a re-sign or give an extension to the young player, Desmond Bain, five-year, $207 million, I believe. Uh, So that's a lot of money doled out to him. Uh, uh, They'll probably get, most likely get back from injury, Steven Adams and uh, Brandon Clark uh, up front. Uh, So they have a a lot of guys. Uh, Like you said, uh, Marcus Smart is a good veteran player to add to them. Uh, I think he brings a lot of toughness, kind of... uh, Kind of a veteran moxie to them, kind of veteran uh, quiet confidence. Uh, it's just a team that, uh, kind of uh, like you saw with your, uh, with them playing the Warriors, a lot of uh, kind of just off court shenanigans and a lot of just, uh, uh, I guess unearned type of moxie and cockiness that they have. Uh, they also did pick up uh, Derrick Rose as well, the veteran point guard uh, journeyman. Uh, Dealt with a lot of injuries. Uh, He's coming back to Memphis, where he played college ball. So, uh, what do you see for them uh, as far as kind of like their tier in the Western Conference next season? Do you think they're a top tier team, or do do you see them kind of in that second tier, somewhere between the fourth and seventh seed? What do you think? Um. Yeah, I think I think they're second
1: tier because John Morant is going to miss the first twenty five games. Uh, when he's been out, I think Tyus Jones has stepped up really well in the past, um, but now they have Derek Rose and Marcus Smart to step step into the the point guard uh, role until he comes back. And then you have um, Jerry Jackson Jr. is a pretty injury-prone player, and
0: uh, um, I believe Brandon Clark tore his Achilles, right? So I think he might miss the entire season oh, if he okay. tore his Achilles. Yeah. Um, I'm not 100%
1: sure, though. So, um, I do think with all the stuff they have going on, uh, they'll be second-tier, four to seven seed in regular in the regular season. Um, but on if they can mature and uh, just get the head straight, I think they can be a pretty deadly playoff team.
0: Yeah, I think defensively, I think they're even better now with uh, Smart. I mean, I think he's really good. Obviously, he showed that he won a defensive player of the year uh, in 2022 when Celtics made their title run. And then getting back Steven Adams is huge. Uh, And then they have the reigning defensive player of the year, Jaron Jackson Jr. So I think defensively, uh, back to that grit and grind style, uh, that's kind of what they're going to have to lean on with Morant out the first uh, month and a half or so. So it's going to be fun to watch them, uh, obviously. But, yeah, I mean, they're they're probably kind of... uh, they're kind of similar to that, probably that Grit and Grind Memphis team in the aspect where they're not like a top-level type contender, or maybe they were like in the, in 2022, but they weren't able to make anything out of it. But uh, they're probably kind of similar to maybe they missed the window, but we'll see. I mean, kind of when Morant comes back and when they have everyone healthy. But it's it's going to be tough kind of with some of the other top teams in the West, in my opinion. So I'll agree with you there. So let's go to Boston now. Uh, the third team in that trade. So obviously disappointing end to their season for them. Uh, they went down three and zero to Miami in the conference finals. They ended up tying it three three and then uh, basically got lost. Uh, uh, got blown out in my opinion in Game Seven at home versus Miami. So with them, we you kind of discussed it a little bit. Of, already kind of about their situation with the ball handling being Derek White and uh, Malcolm Brogdon uh, dominant and Jalen Brown uh, probably gonna get that super max at some point uh, same with Tatum and Tatum obviously a, a rising star but Jalen Brown uh, I think he, he has issues uh, dribbling left uh, from what we've seen a lot of uh, last season and then uh, the zinger uh, good pickup because he, he provides a uh, Another big guy, and Horford getting old, like you said, and then their main a big guy, the rim-running big uh, time lord, Robert Williams the third. he's a- always injured, like I've mentioned on previous podcasts. Uh, and it seems like he can't really play uh, 30 minutes consistently. And and he's not – he's mainly for, there for defense. I mean, offensively, he's just offensive rebound, lobs, rim running, that type of stuff. So uh, – what do, we, what do we kind of see for Boston? Obviously, uh, this is uh, their prime window. And are they reminding you a little bit of OKC in the 2010s? What do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, I think maybe, but not as much as potential as OKC had in 20, in the 2010s. And I think um, a big loss with that coaching change that came last year was like their defense. Because in, tw- in 2022, the defense was, like, really physical, absolute suffocating. Um, and, like, I saw that, especially when they played the Warriors in the finals. Like, it was absolutely brutal defense. And it just – they didn't have that same um, – same tenacity there last year. Like, they – and then there's a lot of times where, on offense, it just looks like they don't even know what they're doing. And they're just, like, kind of wasting possessions. Um, no real plan like you saw in the Heat series and the Philly series even against uh, even against the Hawks it took them six games to close them out Um, so I think I think they'll be good but uh, I don't think they can be on top and uh, like win win it all
0: okay yeah for sure I mean they, they should be one of the top contenders three four teams in my opinion in the East but I mean I mean who knows if they have kind of Everything to kind of make that run, and a lot of it, in my opinion, is going to be dependent on time Lord, and uh, who knows how much time he's really going to play on, because I mean he hasn't played very many uh, games consistently in the last couple, of, uh, pretty much his whole career. So it's that's going to be the thing for me to look out for, and let's kind of go into some other moves. Obviously, we had the draft June twenty second, but we'll discuss that towards the end, uh, kind of the big names there. But let's get into kind of the some of the Brig Free Agency signings uh, when when it started on uh, June 30th, I believe it was. So we saw Fred Van Vliet really get paid. Uh, I mean, a lot of people were requesting kind of the money there. Uh, I think he got, what, four-year 140 or three-year 140? Is, is that something along those lines yeah. from Houston? Yeah,
1: something. Like that. I know he got more money than uh, Kyrie, so... Okay, so three-year,
0: 140. Kyrie got three-year, 126 to go back to Dallas. So what do we kind of – we'll discuss the Rockets. I mean, they're doling out big money. They they gave Dylan Brooks as well, four-year, 80 million. So what do you think – of? are these just moves they kind of made to kind of uh, get some veterans along with a lot of those young guys that they have with Jalen Green, Jabari Smith. They drafted uh, Cam Whitmore now. Amon Thompson, they drafted number four this year. So what, do you think – it was, it was just uh they had to hit a certain number in the salary cap, so they just threw money or they wanted to kind of get some veteran guys with uh to kind of build some continuity and some culture with these uh young guys and email Yudoka as a new coach
1: yeah I think yeah I think it's a bit of both um they definitely want some vets in there just to guide um the young because you saw how big of a mess they were last year, so they definitely need some vets, along with with the coaching change, and then they have the money. And I think in order to get those guys to come to the tanking Rockets team, they going exactly to massively overpay for them, um, which is fine. Um, yeah, I think they'll be I think they'll be a lot more competent team next year than they were last year, but they're still I think uh, lottery bound.
0: Okay, for sure, yeah. Lottery bound for sure. The young team, lots of growing pains, but definitely some some culture being built. Obviously, just right away with Ime yeah. Yudoka being there, and let's see. I mean, what? Hopefully, he kind of gets over kind of the the issues that he had with Boston, that ultimately led him out of Boston with the, the infidelity and stuff, but. Uh, let's let's you mentioned Kyrie. Let's talk about the Mavericks. So three year, one twenty six. What did you think? Was that too much? Uh, too many years, or uh, just right? What did you think?
1: No, I think that was a really good deal. They didn't give him the max. I mean, he's getting paid less than Fred VanVleet, right? So yeah. So I think that was a good deal um, because if if they let him walk, it not like they were gonna get someone close to his caliber coming. Like this summer, and with Luca, you want to keep him happy, you want to be able to compete every year. I think they have made uh, good moves, so I like that move for them. I like the, the Grant Williams pickup as well. Um, the Matisse Thiebold signing would have been really good if Portland didn't match. Um, I feel like they're just missing a starting level center now.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, that's kind of always kind of the thing that's been kind of been plaguing them. So I think Aiton has been linked there, uh, Rudy Gobert. So i mean but obviously they got better defensively with Grant Williams for sure, and then uh, because that that was what really kind of uh, plagued them after they got Kyrie last season, and they they fell, I think from fifth place from the time they got him all to all the way eleventh place and out of the play in. So that was a very uh, disappointing end to that season for sure. They had a lot of kind of high hopes and expectations after getting Kyrie c- c- to go along with uh, Luka. And they did get back Seth Curry as well. I think he's uh, someone that's, I think, that I like that signing as well. I think he's a good guy off the bench and uh, he, he can shoot and kind of playmake a little. So... For Dallas, uh, I think for sure they'll make the playoffs. It'll be absolutely <laughs> absolute disappointment if they don't do that this season. But uh, what what happens with Kyrie? Do you think he plays out this entire contract with the, the Mavericks or is he uh, at, on a, some other team by the end of the, the three years? Or out of the league entirely? What do you think?
1: <laughs> um, uh, I don't think he'll be out of the league. I definitely think he'll finish the contract to hundred twenty million billion. Um, Kyrie, I don't know, to be honest, he's kind of a wild card. So, I think for now, he's gonna, he's gonna plan to play through it, but things can go south real quick, especially if, if Luca gets unhappy and walks out too, for whatever reason. So, it's kind of a, a risky, um, move a little bit.
0: Okay, for sure, yeah, I mean, risky move, but, uh. With Luca and Kyrie, the star power they have there uh there's always gonna be intrigue with this team and then their their owner as well is very outspoken, Mark Cuban, so uh kinda a, a lot of intrigue there whether they're good or not, but I think they'll be like a sixth or seventh place team. Uh high end like fifth place or fourth place, but uh definitely in the playoffs and uh wanna see them for a full season. Wanna see Kyrie for a full season, no shenanigans. I challenge you, Kyrie, come on. <laughs> TV uh, it happens okay for sure let's move on to some other moves uh well we'll kind of just uh, discuss uh we'll go into a team I not necessarily a move we'll discuss uh the Los Angeles Lakers uh, they had a great end to last season obviously it didn't end the, the way they wanted uh, they got swept by the, the nuggets in the conference finals 4-0 but obviously considering the expectations and where they were at the trade deadline they they did rebound nicely with their midseason uh trade additions and moves and have a pretty a pretty good playoff run so what did you th- kind of think the way they rounded out their uh roster in the off season to go along with their main guys and adding Davis, LeBron and Austin Reeves
1: Yeah, I really like their off season. Um I think they knocked it out of the park. Uh, they brought pretty much everyone back except for um, Shoulder and uh, and Mo Bamba, I think. Am I missing anyone? Uh, like oh, Malik, right. Beasley, he,
0: Malik Beasley, but Malik Beasley, yeah. but he didn't play much. Yeah, Lonnie Walker had more of an impact than uh, Malik Beasley. So
1: yeah, so they let those four guys go, but they got some really good guys to round off their roster. Um, Torian Prince obviously is uh, a big one. Uh, gave Vincent for that backup point guard role. Um, so, and um, they got, uh, yeah, I think they did really well. And I think Austin Reeves is going to improve this year. I think Mac, Max Christie, I think he's going to improve a lot this year. He's looked pretty good in that summer of the game he played in. Um, so, yeah, I think they have a really well-rounded roster where they're like 11 deep. Um, and now they'll have a full-off season training camp, and our know, preseason to go through it. Oh, um, so I expect them to be a lot better in the regular season this
0: year. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the key. I think they can't uh, really be <laughs> kind of uh, digging from behind, just given uh, LeBron's age now. Uh, he'll be thirty nine in December, and then given uh, Anthony Davis's injury prone abil- ability, kind of the way he plays and kind of the, the build of his body frame. So they they have to start off uh, fast, and I, I think that's something they will they should be should definitely do and overall they've gotten younger with Prince uh, Jackson Hayes Gabe Vincent all all those guys that they signed so i think it makes them well rounded and i think those that's kind of the energy they need and they they did bring back uh, Rui Hachimura as well uh-huh. but whether or not they'll be a, kind of a kind of a legitimate title contender uh, they'll be a top tier team in the west in my opinion somewhere between 1 and 4 but I, I don't know if they can challenge the defending champions, Denver Nuggets, who, who are kind of set up really well for uh, the long term. So we'll talk about the Nuggets now. So obviously they they lost some, some key guys. Uh, they lost Bruce Brown to Indiana. He got a, a bag two years, $45 million. Uh, so, I mean, they didn't do, like, they didn't have that, that many big signings. So what, what do you think for them uh, going into next season uh, defending their title?
1: Yeah, I think Bruce Brown was a big loss hit. I um, mean, he was a pretty big X-factor, um, really good defensive guy at the wing, uh, spread the floor, shoot the three, you know, do the right thing. He's a really good hustle guy, um, like, made big plays consistently throughout the playoffs. So I think that will hurt, but um, I think the core is just going to get better next year, and they'll be right back at the top of the league like, just contending for a title.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously the core guys, uh, Jokic, Jamal Murray, uh, Michael Porter Jr., and Eric Gordon are, I think, locked up for the next uh, two or three seasons, if I'm not mistaken. And then uh, they have the, kind of those guys, I mean, uh, Kentavious Caldwell's Pope. He was really big for them. Uh, Christian Brown, I think will have a bigger role now that Bruce, Bruce Brown is gone, uh, next season, uh, moving into a second season. And then, uh, they didn't add kind of that many big names. So that's going to be kind of the, the, kind of the six, seven man, the, the main kind of players, but obviously they have the culture there. They built the continuity, uh, Jamal Murray, I think, should be even better next season, uh, the second season coming back from the injury. And he's still young, uh, only being 26. So I think he's kind of moving into kind of a, uh, the prime of his career. And he's obviously been very good in spurts, but we haven't seen him kind of put it together kind of consistently. Uh, I mean, we obviously saw 2020, but he got injured after that. and then So that's going to be kind of the question. Can he put it together consistently now to go along with and form a formidable duo with uh, Jokic, the two-time MVP and the the reigning finals MVP, and definitely one of the three best players in the league, whichever way you look at it. So I think they'll be one or two seed, nothing below that next season in the West, and it should be uh, fun to see if they can uh, repeat and possibly build uh, a dynasty or a mini-dynasty in Denver after getting their first championship in in their uh, franchise history, first NBA championship.
1: Yeah, I definitely do think they'll have a a strong chance to repeat. Um, Yeah, Joe just unbelievable for Small Murray. um, Yeah, I think he, I agree with you. I think he's gonna get his confidence more back this year and uh, hopefully Michael Porter Jr. can stay healthy as well. Um, Yeah, and Aaron Gordon, was absolutely huge for them um, in in the playoffs. And I think he kind of unlocked something in the playoffs for himself, like how Wiggins did in 2022, where he just switched it to another year. Um, so I definitely do think he's going to be uh, better next year as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I think it, sh- it should be fun. I mean, I think – and then just given, like, just like any other team, right, when you get th- – That first title there's also kind of like a monkey off the back so you're a lot more loose going into the next season so i think you kind of uh play with kind of somewhat somewhat more of an edge for sure but all obviously there's obviously a double-edged sword to that you're being hunted now by pretty much every other team every team that comes in to play you is pretty much gunning for you and they're going to give you their best best shot every night so uh, it should be fun to see, but I think they got all the young guys, all their core in their primes. Uh, uh, they have a, a coach that's built a culture there and kind of solidified himse- himself as one of the one of the better coaches in the league, one of the top guys. So uh, it should be fun to watch them next season. Let's get into another team. Uh, they finished third seed in the West last season. The Sacramento Kings. Uh, they had their first playoff appearance since two thousand six. Uh, the end of the longest uh, playoff drought the four major sports. Uh, They ended up losing to your Golden State Warriors in seven games in the first round. Uh, So what what did you see or like for them from their offseason? They got Chris Duarte in a trade. Uh, They re-signed Harrison Barnes. And other than that, I mean, not much else. Not not much else big moves. Uh, So what did you see for them? What do you see from them uh, moving forward next season? Yeah, did they did they give Sabonis their extension? oh uh, yeah, he got he got a big extension as well, like similar to those uh, Halliburton and uh, Desmond Bain. I think five years, two hundred and sixty, or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I really like uh, them as a team. They're a really tough matchup for the Warriors. Like you could tell, it wasn't just some around um, like obviously. I think they were one of the more healthier teams in the West last year. Um, so, a lot of people were saying maybe that's kind of why they were the third seed, but I think they're a legit team. Um, I think they're going to have a great regular season again. And Fox is like a superstar. You can see he just has the fact, like, they factor playing in big moments, playing in the playoffs. Kind of reminded me a little bit, uh, not exactly the play style, but just kind of reminded me of the 2013 Warriors where you saw, like, They have a lot of potential in on the Currys, the next superstar coming up. So it kind of feels like that way with Fox right now. Um, I think Keegan Murray, he's going to improve a lot this year. He'll be a bigger factor for them. I think they're going to be a really tough team. I see them in that mid-tier with Memphis. Um, Yeah, I think they can make some noise in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think they're they're young. Uh, all their guys are pretty much locked up with Fox, uh, now Sabonis. Uh, Sabonis uh, obviously, uh, he needs to improve in the playoffs. I think he really struggled against uh the Warriors and uh, Draymond kind of gave him some fits in that series. And he was kind of really struggling, but uh Fox was uh, stellar through all throughout uh a uh, big game player. Uh Keegan Murray, uh good rookie, and then Davion Mitchell, I think he's going to be in his third season uh coming up, so and then Malik Monk as well. I think he was really the kind of that the breakout guy for them. Uh, he had an excellent season off, off the bench, and he was re- really good for them. And Mike Brown, uh, back as a head coach, uh, in a really good situation. Uh, and then Harrison Barnes, kind of the veteran guy for them. So should be uh, fun to see them. And uh, the Sacramento fans deserve it. Uh, they're some of the best fans in the league. Uh, that that place is absolutely rocking with all the cowbells and stuff. So, a hostile environment. And I'm sure, as you saw, I'm watching the, those Warriors games in the first round. So, that's a very tough environment to go play in. So, it's a good for, I'm very happy for Sacramento that they have kind of that uh, late 90s, early 2000s vibe back. Uh, but let's see if they can make an NBA Finals run. Uh, but I think it will be tough this season. But they'll definitely, I think. In my opinion, I think they'll win a playoff series, but I don't know if they they can win more, much more than that. I think it'll be like fourth place, probably. So fourth or fifth. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's reasonable. They'll be around um, where the Grizzlies are, I think.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, let's talk about. Uh, uh, we talked about the Lakers. Let's talk about the other L A team, the La- the Los Angeles Clippers. So uh, they've kinda of been rumored, uh, and some kinda of, some kind of trades with uh James Harden. Uh, let's see if that happens. But they were all were about to get uh Malcolm Brogdon, but I think they might have gotten scared off by his injuries or something. That so that that trade fell through. So that was they were kind of the original team that was involved to have that in that stapps Porzingis trade, but obviously it fell through so what, what do we kind of see here with the Clippers? Uh, they haven't made any kind of major moves. I think they traded for uh, K.J. Martin. They traded a couple picks. They haven't made uh, any kind of major moves. Uh, they did get some guys in the draft. But aside from that, uh, the main question is uh, they did re-sign Mason Plumlee, one-year, $5 million. Uh, they did re-sign Russell Westbrook as well. So, do you think they're going to unload, ob- obviously it looks like they're going to unload Marcus Morris. Do who, do who do you think else goes with it? Norman Powell, Terrence Mann to get like a big name? What do you think?
1: Yeah, probably they have to if it's a big name, they have to include Terrence Mann because he's kind of like the only good uh, young guy. Um, and then I'm probably like uh, Robert H. Covington or something. If they're going to go get Harden. Um, but yeah, like they're they're a the good team. They definitely can be a top tier contender uh, if they're healthy. But that's you know, like they're just never healthy.
0: Yeah, that's just the story of them the last three seasons for sure. I mean, they're ne- they're never healthy at the wrong, the right times, and it's uh, probably pretty increasingly frustrating for them with their their two main guys always going down in big situations, with Paul Jordan and Kawhi Leonard. And uh, what what do you see for them? kind of with Russell Westbrook I thought he was going to be kind of a bad fit but he was really good for them I mean when those guys went down he stepped in really well put up some big numbers uh, and for the first time in his career I thought he played some pretty good elite defense so uh, what, what do you think for him kind of moving forward in his role with the Clippers in the next couple of seasons
1: yeah no, I think I think he's going to be really good for them in that point guard role and especially considering um, uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are going to be injured a lot of the time. So he's going to have more responsibilities, but even when they're both back and healthy, I think he's finally accepted, taking on a smaller role. Um, So I think think he's a good pickup for them, good fit with them. I think
0: he's going to be a good player for them throughout the season. Okay, for sure. And then, uh, obviously I do think, uh, so if you were to make a guess, uh, how many games do you think each of their superstars plays next season between Paul George and Kawhi Leonard?
1: Uh, I think Paul George, I would say like 55. Okay. Um, with Kawhi, it's tricky because he's so quiet about his injuries and he just had that surgery on his meniscus. But I think he's going to play like maybe 40, 45 games.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think that sounds that's, that sounds right. I think if Paul George uh Paul George is definitely the favorite in my opinion to play more games between the two. That's not saying much really, but <laughs> but I think I think he's kind of the more kind of the stable guy and he, I think from him we've kind of seen some kind of uh he's kind of elevated a little in the ball handling, playmaking type of role. Obviously Kawhi was re- really stellar and he was looking like the 2019 2017 Kawhi again for a little bit towards the end of last season, the la kind of like that 25 30 game stretch he had, but unfortunate that he he came down with uh that torn meniscus. And it, it's kind of weird with him because I both of those injuries that he had the major injuries the last two it looked like nothing really even happened on those plays when you kind of looked at it in real time and even on some of the replays. So <laughs> it was just it's kind of odd obviously with him. And like you said, he's a Quiet guy. You you rarely find out how significant or severe his injuries are, and what's really going on with him. So, I guess the main question off season wise, moving forward, is just going to be, which they have a lot of kind of the repetitiveness with like some of their wing guys with Covington, whether it be Batum, Marcus Morris Senior was not happy with his role and his minutes, uh, kind of from Tai Liu. And so the the question is just kind of like who uh, are they? They're going to trade, make some sort of trade, but who are they going to get? Is it going to be James Harden or is it going to be kind of someone uh, kind of uh, on a tier below James Harden? And I personally think as a Clipper fan, they should not trade Terrence Mann for James Harden. I don't think, I think James Harden can bring good playmaking, good shooting, but ultimately kind of come playoff time, he's shown that he can't really be there kind of big time, and I, I don't think you should uh, get rid of a, a good young asset in Terrence Mann, who uh, a guy who can play really well off your superstars in Paul Jordan and Kawhi Leonard, uh, play, compliment them, uh, good defender. Can He's an okay shooter. Uh, can slash the rim. He's very athletic. And I, I think they should kind of package what, like Morris, Covington, Brandon, Boston, maybe like a second-round pick and get someone if they can get Harden for that go obviously and get it but i don't think that's i don't think maury's gonna kind of budge with that so but if you have to include terrence man i don't think you get james harden the only way i include terrence man if i'm if for some miracle they're getting damian Lillard, which is most likely they're not so that's really all i see but we'll see kind of what happens i mean with the clippers uh Westbrook should provide some stability. Just kind of given his durability, I've had a lot of questions, a lot of doubts of Westbrook. The durability and kind of the intensity has never been, never been a concern of mine regarding him. But my concerns are kind of just some of his decision making and kind of the, kind of the plays he makes. But I think he should be, I think vital for them, given kind of the durability and step in step in for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard when they miss some of those games. So excited to see them uh, kind of uh, get get together and hopefully crossing my fingers for uh, come playoff time of kind of a fully healthy roster going into to the playoffs so so they'll i, I think they'll be somewhere between 3rd and 6th just given kind of the the durability concerns with their superstars so okay, yeah do you
1: think uh, the battle of LA finally happens next year
0: I hope so but I don't I don't know I mean and so going back all the way to 06 so the Lakers blew a 3-1 lead so it was about to happen in the semifinals and then in 2020 the Clippers blew a 3-1 lead that was about to be the conference finals so let's see hopefully we can get it uh, (laughs) this season it would be best in the conference finals but let's see I mean just given kind of the, the trajectory of both teams going into the season I think it's more likely in the conference semifinals probably if it were to happen but it would be fun to see it happen i think it would be uh, a good thing uh, kind of a good thing to see for for la but uh, uh let's see i mean hopefully it happens but who knows i mean given kind of their recent histories that it, it's probably less likely than it is um uh, likely to happen so we'll, we'll we'll kind of see wait and kind of play by ear on that we'll, we'll wait and see what happens but it would be great to see but uh if i had to bet on it probably not so all right so let's get into kind of some of these other western conference teams kind of the uh kind of the teams that were on the outside looking in uh last season uh, out of the top six so we'll talk about like a young up-and-coming team and Oklahoma City so they'll have uh, They have a lot of picks going forward they obviously have a lot of picks uh, from that Clippers trade so but they're getting back Chet Holmgren now so they got uh, their young three with Gil just Alexander uh, Chet Holmgren and Jalen Williams and then some other guys they have uh, they got Oladipo in a the trade they got uh, the other Jalen Williams uh, They have Pokashevsky, Trey Mann Lou Dort and kind of a uh, young uh, kind of uh, roster built there. They haven't made the playoffs since 2020. So do you think they get uh, to the playoffs this season? What do you think?
1: I definitely think they can. They were pretty close last year. They're in the play-in tournament. And, uh, yeah, I think the young guys improving. I think she is going to have another big season. I think Josh Giddy is going to have a big season this year as well. And... Uh, you know, he got a chance. He, he was injured, but I mean, he got a chance to have NBA level training for a full full year. And he um, looked pretty solid in that one summer league game I saw him play. So they definitely have the talent. And they have so many first round picks. Like they could just kind of like just throw like five, six first round picks at a team to try to get like a veteran star player.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, at some point they're probably going to do that, whether it's this year or not. That's, uh, I mean, I don't. That probably not won't be this year. They'll probably do it. That that would be probably a little bit down the line. I think they want. They probably just want to see one kind of full season with their young array of superstars. Obviously, Shea Gill Alexander really took a big leap last season and became a, a bona fide superstar, top ten, top fifteen guy, for sure. And. Let's see how kind of Chet Holmgren kind of fits in, and hopefully he can kind of stay healthy after missing the entire season, uh, the first season of his entire first season of his career. So, but it should be fun to see. Let's see if they can kind of recreate some of that that magic of the late uh, 2000s teams that had Harden, Westbrook, and Durant, and kind of formed a, a good uh, title-contending team. So let, that'll be kind of the question, but that'll be they first got to kind of take the first step and make the playoffs so and let right, let's see if they can do that. I think they can probably maybe they get back in the play in uh and kind of actually get through to the 7th or 8th seed this season I think that's kind of kind of, their ceiling will be the 6th seed probably in my opinion but I'd say the 7th or 8th seed is probably a more realistic and their first playoff series in uh three years. So let's see if that happens. Uh let's um, talk about another playing team. The Minnesota Timberwolves. They gave a big extension to uh Anthony Edwards, the 2020 first round pick, first pick. Five year two sixty. Uh obviously they bring back Gobert. Uh Carl Anthony Towns uh has been there a while. Uh and it's it's they're paying a lot to their big man with Towns, Gobert, and Reed taking up a lot of their a salary cap. So, what do you think happens with Carl uh, Anthony Towns? Does he stick around or do you think they move him?
1: I think they move him. Um, he's definitely a playoff dropper in his performance. Uh, so, I, I think they move him on from his contract and they kind of just build around. And I think yeah, it's going to take the leap. And I think, like, in his prime, uh, he'll be the best small forward in the league so i uh, yeah i think he's like a full-on superstar and uh, i think they're going to build around him
0: okay yeah i think that's probably the right move i think you got to move uh Carl anthony towns uh kind of get back recoup some picks that you gave up to get gobert and kind of just uh unleash the reins on uh a- anthony edwards and kind of have him uh play alongside uh defensive-laden big man and Rudy Gobert and kind of some of the other guys they have there. Uh Jane McDaniel is another uh, defensive specialist type guy. Uh, Mike Conley, the veteran point guard, and they did get some kind of uh, uh, veteran guys or kind of like journeyman guys, Shake Milton, uh, Troy Brown, Austin Rivers is, is there. So let's see. It should be fun to, to watch them. They'll be kind of in the OKC range as well, I think, again next season, playing again probably. And they did obviously lose this uh, this season to Denver and in, in the first round in five games. Uh, they did get in the playoffs, and so they've ha- they've been in the playoffs, kind of showing some excitement. I-, I think they'll build more on that and kind of unleash Anthony Edwards fully, as kind of the main guy for sure. And they'll trade and Towns, whether it'll be before the season starts or the mid during the mid season, that that remains to be seen. But uh, I would. I would uh, urge them to trade him before the season starts just so they can kind of start fresh and kind of have, um, uh, locked up like identity going into the season as, as far instead of having kind of a lingering kind of like question with, uh, Carlton Towns there to start the season. So, all right, let's go into, uh, well, this is the last, uh, conference or Western conference team we'll discuss, or maybe the second to last, uh, this is the other play, the last playing team, the New Orleans Pelicans. So they got some off court stuff going on with their one of their main superstars, Zion Williamson. Uh, a lot of kind of boneheaded moves, a lot of uh, baby mama drama with him. So they finished uh, in the, I believe it was the ten seed. Yeah, the ten seed last season, forty two and forty, and then when Zion went down, they were I think one of the best teams in the league record wise. So they bring back obviously a lot of their guys, uh, same coach in Willie Green, uh, some uh, rising guys and uh, Herb Jones and Trey Murphy. Obviously their top two superstars are Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson and C J McCollum. Uh, they lose uh, Jackson Hayes. So what do you what do you see for this team uh, next season? What do you think?
1: Um, I think it's all kind of dependent on Zion's health. Like they were the top team in the West. Before he got injured, and Zarian's shown like he can be a generational talent when he's on the court. But the problem is like he's just always injured. So uh, if he can get his his health straight, um, stay healthy, I think they can be a nice young up-and-coming team. Kind of put them um, just I would say it was like just be, just below Sacramento, I think, if they can stay healthy.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, they're in that Sacramento range for sure.
1: Uh, somewhere in that
0: second tier in the West, if uh, Zion is fully healthy and uh, kind of like fully engaged. Uh, we have kind of yet to see that from him in his career, short career, four, three or four years. And it's been really a roller coaster ride w- with him the last couple months with what's going on uh, on Twitter and stuff, with the Big Mama stuff. And he hasn't really shown a lot of durability, uh, a lot of kind of. Uh, Stability with his, a lot of injury history there. And he hasn't really gotten in shape as much as they, they would have liked him to. So uh, it should be uh, like a really good um, big three what they have there when they're all healthy with Ingram, McCollum, and Zion. But uh, let's see kind of what happens kind of with the, the young guys and then a loaded West. But I think they should be somewhere in that 4-7 to seven range for sure and somewhere along probably – fifth place somewhere like you said alongside sacramento so but it should be fun so let's discuss uh a lower level team in the west uh they obviously probably won't make noise next season but we're only discussing them because of their first pick victor Wemanyama, san antonio spurs so what do you see for them they did make some moves as well they got uh, kind of some players uh gorji jing Devante graham uh, I think they did make some other moves uh, as well. I mean, they got Reggie Bullock. So what do you see for them uh, next season? Uh, is this a team that you think can maybe get in the play-in? What do you think?
1: Uh, no, I think they're still going to be bottom of the conference, Are they're going to just be focused on their young player development for next season, So, or trying to win games. Um, so I think they're still bottom of the have a bright future, um, there are a lot of good young guys, especially with Victor leading the pack. Uh, so I think yeah, they'll they'll be a good team in a few years. But I think next year they're just going to be focused on getting uh, player development for the young guys.
0: Okay, for sure. And then some news that just broke. Uh, I think a few hours ago, Greg Popovich, their longtime head coach, just, just got a five-year extension for eighty million. So let's see kind of what hap- how that kind of shakes up the, the coaching market moving forward. But yeah, the only thing for me, uh, that I wanna see is Victor Wamanyama for this this team going into next season. That's really my only concern. Obviously some decent young guys along him alongside him when Malachi Branham and Calden Johnson. So it should be a fun team, but like you said, uh, another kind of bottom level type season for for the Spurs. All right, we haven't really discussed the Eastern Conference much outside of uh, Boston. Let's go into uh, what was the number one seed last season in the Bo- in the Eastern Conference, the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, they ended up having an unfortunate injury to Giannis, their star- their superstar, in the first round, and they ultimately lost in five games to the Miami Heat. So what did you see uh, kind of from them in their offseason? They re-signed uh, Chris Milton, three-year, $102 million deal. And they bring back obviously their Giannis, uh, Drew Holiday. They brought back Robin Lopez as well. They re signed him. So, what do you see for them, uh, moving forward? And obviously, they got rid of their, their head coach and Mike Budenholzer, and they now have Adrian Griffin as their new head coach. He was, uh, assistant with, uh, Toronto for, uh, I think four or five seasons. So, what do you see for them, uh, moving into next season?
1: Yeah, I think, um, yeah, they definitely decided to lock up their core and just stick with them. I think uh, injuries are kind of a concern for them. Like Middleton did a month that they did last year. Kind of seemed like the injuries and his age was um, a little bit affecting his game. And even Giannis, he had that cleanup surgery on his knee, I think, recently. So who knows if that plays into effect in the season. But If they aren't healthy, I think they'll be, like, a top-tier East uh, team again. I think Giannis is going to have a big season if he's healthy. He's he's had a pretty disappointing end to his playoffs the last two years, so I think he's poised for a really big uh, playoff performance next year if he's healthy.
0: Okay, for sure, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. I thought they were gonna be go to the NBA finals. It's just it was kind of unfortunate. I thought they would have beat Miami if Giannis hadn't gotten hurt in those first three games. But that's just kind of how it shakes out sometimes. Uh, that's kind of how, just how the NBA playoffs are defined sometimes, and we've seen that a lot in the kind of the last four years. Injuries kind of determine, and the other teams kind of see, seize on the opportunity, capitalize, and uh, end up kind of beating the injury laden teams. The teams that suffer uh, untimely and ba- bad, and so- untimely injuries. So I think they're, they're primed for another big run, another big season for sure. And I think they're, there'll be no, no lower than the third seed next season, but I think they will be like two or one next season again in, in the East. So, all right, let's go on to, uh, the 76ers. We discussed them a little bit with the kind of the James Harden, uh, kind of, uh, trade scenarios uh, they uh, ultimately haven't made the conference finals since 2001 the Allen iverson larry brown days and they haven't won a title in a really long time uh 40 plus years so uh what do we kind of see from uh from them moving into next season uh they did get mo Bamba. they had kind of some other uh signings nothing kind of major but what do we ultimately think that they did get Pat Beverly as well? What do we think happens with James Harden after he opted in to for thirty five million dollars for that last year? What do What do you think happens w- with him?
1: Yeah, well, he's he's definitely gonna get traded. Like he's uh, requested a trade. Um, I think he'll do what he did in Houston and just uh, try to get uh, traded no matter what. And Embiid's injured in the playoffs every year, kind of like how I mentioned earlier with Chris Paul. So, um, I don't I don't really believe uh, in the Sixers that much. Like, I think their ceiling is probably a second-round exit, again. Um, and I think Tyrese Maxey is, like, their one really good player that they have going into the future, like, young guy. And, um, like, if he can prove significantly and make a huge leap, then he might be able to change the trajectory of the team but other than that I think their ceiling is a second round exit
0: yeah I mean I think that's really their only hope and I think that's why they have to trade Harden right? Just to give Maxi more touches, give him free reign and the only way they kind of like you said make a deep run or kind of become a legitimate contender is if uh, Maxi kind of makes that that big leap kind of that uh, (laughs) De'Aaron Fox type leap, but we'll see kind of if that happens. But, uh, I mean, Embiid obviously is excellent. He was excellent last season. I thought, I mean, I know a lot of people are making a lot like he shouldn't have won the MVP because Jokic had his title run, but I I think he was deserving just because MVP is kind of a regular season award, and it's kind of like a, a kind of a storyline award as well. So he was kind of knocking on the door a little bit last couple seasons. Uh, Very stellar. Uh, Obviously, he gets injured in inopportune times but he was he's been relatively more durable than he has been obviously to start his career the last couple of seasons and I think he's bona fide superstar for sure one of the five best players in the league I think he's going to continue that for sure uh, I but I think I would like them to kind of uh, focus more on like a kind of um, paint type game for him like 15 feet in more so as opposed to kind of uh, him settling for threes in s- some instances and kind of uh, run the offense more through him, kind of like uh, Denver does with Jokic. I-, I know obviously he's nowhere near uh, Jokic as the playmaker or kind of like IQ passing-wise, but I think he c- they can kind of run it through him kind of like mid-post, wing type, and kind of like the- on the elbow, and I think that will kind of unlock some stuff for them. So what do you think kind of Nick Nurse will do for him uh obviously i uh, i think in my opinion a major upgrade uh, over doc rivers uh, from uh, last season and last couple seasons for a beat so what do you think he'll unlock for them uh, as being one of the kind of the better coaches in the league yeah
1: i think definitely a huge upgrade from from doc rivers um and i think he's going to bring a certain level of um uh, discipline and uh say, camaraderie that wasn't there with Doc Rivers. Like, there's Doc's known for just having leads collapse year after year and kind of throwing his players under the bus and stuff multiple times. So I think uh, we're not gonna see any more of that. Um, Like, Nick Nick Nurse will definitely help, but I think for them to be a a top-tier contender, they're still gonna need to get, um, like, upgrade their roster, whether it's get a third guy to pair with Harden, or sorry, to pair with Embiid and and Maxi um, in the Harden trade, or uh, something else.
0: Yeah, I think for sure. I think uh, Nick Nurse is going to be do well. I think with them bring a infuse a kind of different kind of type of culture, and then going back to Harden, I think they should trade him for get like a few picks for him, and then kind of like some veteran expiring type guys as best they can to kind of go along with Maxi and Embiid and then uh, kind of another veteran guy they have in uh, Tobias Harris and that's that's got to be the move, uh, kind of developing Maxi and then just kind of building kind of a new culture and then ultimately making Embiid happy, building uh, signs for him to not leave in, in the next couple of years so that that's going to be kind of their main concern let's see kind of what they do with that and mm-hmm. Let's see. Let's, uh, that's enough about the Sixers. We'll move into uh, some of the other teams. But before we move into the next team, just apologies to some of these teams, some of the middling teams. We're not going to discuss them on this podcast. Uh, apologies to New York. We're not going to discuss the Knicks or the Nets. Apologies to Atlanta, Chicago, and Toronto as well. And then some of the bottom-level teams, uh, no, no really discussions uh, needed uh, aside from maybe some draft stuff. But let's get into – the uh, Miami Heat, the defending Eastern Conference champions, uh, we're discussing them fourth. The fourth Eastern Conference team, they're the defending Eastern Conference chi- champions as the eighth seed, the only the second eighth seed ever to get to the NBA Finals. Uh, so they obviously have their core with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. They lost uh, Max Struess to Cleveland. He signed a four year, $64 million deal. And the big question for them, kind of tying in uh, another uh, big trade guy, we'll see what happens with him, is uh, Damian Lillard. Are they ultimately going to get Damian Lillard? And what what do you think the package will be if they do?
1: I, th- I think they do get him. Like, they unloaded um, Gabe Vincent. They let them go and match Just I think, just to get him. Uh, so they're definitely going to try the hardest, and Dame wants to go there too. I think they can actually provide a pretty solid package um, with uh, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, uh, Jovic. Their sophomore this year and their rookie this year is um, Hame Hakez, I believe that's his name.
0: Yeah, from UCLA, yeah. The yeah,
1: like, he seemed like a really good guy, uh, player, young player in the summer league games that he's played. And then they can, I don't even know what their pick situation is, but they could probably attach... Uh, Couple of picks, so they, they have a lot to offer, so it's not like, like they don't have a lot of young talent to offer. They can offer Portland a really good package, so I think he ultimately does end up going there.
0: Okay, for sure. Yeah, I mean, they did lose uh, Max Struess, like I said, uh, some other kind of signings. They got Josh Richardson back, he played for them before. Uh, they got uh, Thomas Bryant, but obviously, the main guys being Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler. Uh, I mean, Kevin Love will be coming back, uh, Duncan Robinson. Uh, I mean, let's see kind of what happens. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, I think just because that's really the only place where Lillard wants to go, I think that's what, where he'll end up just because I think some of the other teams, will, like his agent has been putting out there that his you're going to be getting a disgr- disgruntled superstar if you, if you trade for Damian Lillard. He's kind of mentioning that to some of the other teams. So I think just because of that, I think some of the other teams will be scared to trade major assets for him. So I think Miami, I think obviously Hero has the extension that they gave him. So he'll kind of like be able to be the kind of the big uh, kicker, kind of the money wise to kind of match the money. So I I think they were kind of probably going to move off Hero at some point anyways, kind of given how the playoffs went last season, this past season. And they kind of just developed some of these young guys. So, like you mentioned, that kind of the package with Jovic, Jaime Hawkins, some picks, Tyler Hero, maybe Duncan Robinson, Caleb Martin, we'll see. So, but that's kind of be what the package is kind of built around. And then they have, obviously, as we've seen, one of the best best front offices in the league, led by Pat Riley, a good ownership group uh, with Mickey Arison. Uh, and obviously a great uh, one of the better head coaches in the league. Uh, Hall of Famer and Eric Spolstra. He's developed into one of the legitimate coaches for sure with his uh, discipline and kind of the way he uh, kind of just develops kind of these young undrafted guys. So it should be fun to watch them again. But I think they'll have uh, a better regular season. They were kind of very inconsistent after being the one seed in 2022 this past season with kind of some of the injuries. And then uh, Jimmy Butler is kind of a, Weird kind of superstar to kind of judge just because he, he, kind of dogs it in the regular season. He's kind of like very mid, like numbers wise in the regular season, and then when the playoffs come around, he really kind of just just elevates his game and becomes uh, something we've uh, we've never really seen before. But in the finals, he had some kind of like some some doozies, some games. So, but ultimately, like he has some big uh, big games as well. And he has, he, he performs well for the most part of big moments. So I think that'll be kind of the main thing there. And then I think Damian Lillard, which I think they will get before the season starts. And that'll be obviously for sure. One of the best big threes, if not the best going into next season. And they'll be in prime position to be one of the top three seeds in the East, in my opinion, with those three and, uh, make another title run. Uh, obviously they've gotten to the finals twice, uh, in 2020 and this past season and they've been in the conference finals three times in the last four season. So the uh the kind of the infrastructure is there and they just need to kind of get over the hump. Let's see if they do that. I think they'll be in good prime position for if when Lillard comes with Lillard and Butler looking to kind of uh, get their fir- their first championship in kind of later stages of their the later stage of their career, so That that would be fun to see. So, any other thoughts on the Heat's the Heat? Excuse me, before we move on to the next team. Uh
1: no, I think that's pretty much it. Like if they can get Lillard, they'll be a top tier contender. I think. Um, Yeah, probably just be poised to make it back to the finals.
0: Okay, for sure. So let let's discuss. the next team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, they finished fifty-one and thirty-one last season. The fourth seed, they lost in five games in the first round to the New York Knicks. The fifth seed, New York Knicks. Uh, they made uh, a big leap. Uh, I think it was their first playoff appearance uh, without LeBron James since nineteen ninety-eight, I believe. So obviously, uh, big leap for them. But they ultimately weren't able to win a series. I thought. They, were, well, they would be able to beat the Knicks, but I was uh, dead wrong on that. Uh, some of their young guys did not perform well, and Jared Allen, uh, Evan Mobley, and kind of Darius Garland. Uh, but what what do we see for them uh, kind of moving into next season and some of these uh, young guys moving into kind of uh, bigger roles and more, more higher expectations? Obviously, what, they got Donovan Mitchell, their top-level superstar. And... Uh, obviously after trading all the picks, they have to kind of make something happen. So what what do you see for them uh, next season?
1: Yeah, I think um, they did have a disappointing end to their season last year, but they did get the playoff experience like a lot of the young guys needed. And it, I thought their biggest weakness last year was like at the wing position, kind of like that small forward position. They didn't have, really have any real wings they could use. Um, uh, and this year, they, I think in free agency, they picked up uh, Max Struess and Okoro, correct? Or sorry, um, uh, Niang.
0: Yeah, Max Struis and uh, yeah, George Niang, yeah. Those were the two yeah, like,
1: so the big ones. Yeah, in. they filled out that, that need really well, and I think they'll be back next year, but I don't see them as anything more than like a second round exit, that's
0: it. Yeah, second round is their ceiling, again, like I thought it would be this season, so I think not not much more than that but me being an alum of USC I just uh, one of my favorite young players is Evan Mobley so I just want to see him how he kind of rebounds after uh, the dud he had in that in that playoff series versus the Knicks he was very a lot of his inexperience was showing and he he did not perform up to his levels and I think he's he'll be really good defensively but offensively he's still a little raw and still really needs to develop and uh, I'm interested to see how he kind of grows and uh develops and uh improves his game uh moving forward and and into next season and and moving forward so all right so let's discuss uh to round out uh this podcast we'll just, just discuss the draft a little bit obviously we talked about uh Wembley, the first pick uh one of the most most highly touted prospects in a while probably since like anthony davis lebron james Twenty twelve and two thousand three, respectively. Uh, so, what do we see, if kind of, for some some of these other guys that were taken after Wemby? So we'll, we'll start with Brandon Miller and Charlotte. What do you, What do you think of him? Yeah, I think that was a surprise
1: pick. I really thought they were going to take Scoot. Scoot seemed like the the better option, and when you're drafting that high up, you can't uh, go for fit. You just got to go for the best player available. I think that's the same mistake the Warriors made when they drafted Wiseman over the Mellow ball. Um, so I definitely do think they made a mistake there. I think, I don't know much about Brandon Miller. I think he might be able to be a good player, but I think Scoot Anderson was a better choice at two.
0: Yeah, Brandon Miller for sure has a, a good tight build. Uh, I think 6'7", uh, 250, and, but I a lot of kind of off-the-court the questions come for him, so he was involved in an incident at University of Alabama where uh, one of his teammates uh, murdered someone, and he provided the gun that was used in the murder. So uh, there's kind of that off-court concerns there. And what do you kind of think about this being uh, Michael Jordan's last draft pick as the owner of the Charlotte Hornets? Or the majority owner, excuse me.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's he's had a good uh, history with with his draft picks, so I mean, this might be the last one that they uh, look back on and regret not taking a Scoot.
0: Yeah, I mean, his two best t- picks ever probably have been Kemba Walker and Lamelo Ball, and then we'll see what kind of happens with La- Lamelo Ball going forward with his kind of his in- some of his injury stuff. But uh, I don't know. I mean, Charlotte. I mean. Uh, just to discuss them a little bit, uh, they have what their Miles Bridges who had the off court stuff with the domestic violence. Uh, P. J. Washington has the off court stuff with uh, the baby mama stuff. So, so a lot of distractions there, and then uh, kind of some new majority ownership. So, I uh, I agree with you that they probably should have taken Scoot, and I think he's kind of the the better the better talent. And I think that he would have been kind of the better uh, trendsetter and culture setter for that moving forward. But nonetheless, they took Brandon Miller. We'll see how that shakes out. But what do you think uh, Scoot Henderson does for Portland? He was taken number three. Did, does Portland finally get a break in the draft other than uh, Damian Lillard? Because they've had some bad luck with some of the draft picks with Brandon Roy, uh, Greg Oden, uh, Sam Bowie back in the 80s when they took him over Michael Jordan. So what what do you think kind of uh Scoot and kind of their young core Scoot, Jaden shaden Sharp excuse me, and Freddie Simons. What what do you think for them moving into next season?
1: Yeah, I think I think Scoot can be uh the face of their franchise moving forward on from Lib. I really think he's gonna be a superstar. Um yeah, he's like he's really well built for his age. Um and he can like He's really good at attacking the rim. His shooting needs to get better, but he's really seems like a really poised player after playing in the G League. So I think he's going to be a star for them. And I really like their pick of getting uh, Chris Murray as well, Keegan Murray's brother. Um, I think that was a solid pick for them. They have some good young talent. Uh, I think Shaden Sharp uh, is, is going to be a good player for them. Humphrey Simons, I don't know how much more he's going to improve, so they might end up flipping him or something. But, uh, yeah, I think Scoot is the face of their franchise.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think yeah, Scoot, uh, let's see if he can be kind of what uh, Damian Lillard has been for them the last uh, what, uh, 10 or 11 seasons. So it sh- should be fun there. But, obviously, I think you know, they're g- it's going to be a growing season for them. And I think they, they lucked out, in my opinion, getting Scoot uh, falling to them. Uh, and number three because I thought for sure he should have gotten uh, number two right after Victor Wominyama but I guess it's the the Hornets loss and uh, the Blazers uh, treasure to gain. so uh, let's discuss uh, just the four and five picks the Thompson brothers we, we discussed uh, again the Rockets a little bit what do you think Amon Thompson what do you think uh, uh, him being a point guard for the Rockets what do you think he brings to them
1: um yeah he brings uh he's, he's, he's uh, pretty good at uh, playmaking scoring I think I don't know much about their game to be honest but I think he's gonna be a good young player for them to add on to the the, the bag of players that they already have
0: yeah for sure I think he should kind of uh kind of uh I think benefit from the Fred van Vliet uh, signing that they got I mean being a young point guard and kind of coming from the overtime elite in the G League and kind of uh, that takes pressure off him for sure and I think he can just go be loose and go out and play and uh, have fun and kind of just have their growing pains make mistakes and uh, w- alongside a lot of the other young guys they have there like we, like some of the guys we already discussed so lastly to round it off we'll discuss his brother uh, going to Detroit at the number five pick uh, Al Thompson so what, what do you think he kind of brings to Detroit and how what what do you we see from Detroit? Obviously, they had injuries last season. Uh, Cade Cunningham, he was out most of the season, and they had a re- very disappointing season. So, what what do we see from them with kind of their young core going into this season? Yeah, I think they uh, that
1: was a good pick for them, and uh, they have a really good young core going forward. Cade, Asour, um, Jaden, Ivy, um, Jill and Duran. All those guys, they have Stewart. They have a bunch of young talent, but I think they're still in that, that growing stage, and they're just going to be the bottom tier of the East. But uh, they have a lot of potential to be good in a few years.
0: Yeah, I, I agree as well with you. I think uh, he's just another young player for them. Uh, he's going to be fitting in alongside Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, uh, Duran, uh, and we'll see how kind of Wiseman, what kind of role he has there, kind of uh, moving forward and um let's see how much playing time he gets but they're gonna be top five top 10 lottery team again in my opinion and it's gonna be another tough season for them but hopefully k can stay healthy for the entire season and not go down with another major injury uh but i guess that will wrap wrap it up for the draft talk any other kind of uh things you want to discuss nba related coaching trade-wise any anything we missed on
1: uh, it's just like the new in-season tournament, it's gonna be kind of interesting to see if if like the top contending teams don't really take it seriously and just kind of rest their players and stuff.
0: Okay, so I I know kind of the incentive is gonna be kind of like money for that. So, w- w- but aside from that, what are what is really the incentive? Does it give someone an extra draft pick? Does it give someone uh, like? Enhanced playoff position. What is it? What does it kind of do? I mean, aside from the the money aspect or the entertainment aspect. Yeah. So
1: as far as I know, I think it's just um, just for money, for incentive for the players.
0: Okay. If it's that's the case, if it's just money, I don't really see some of these guys kind of risking or kind of like going to play for that maybe these some of the young guys who kind of like uh get like or some of the teams that aren't like or some of the teams that get invited that aren't really like um i guess nationally broadcast throughout the season maybe it helps them just that with the exposure but i don't really see some of these like major guys i think just the kind of the uh mentality and kind of the the way the nba is going is more kind of towards like load management rest and the regular season i don't Hopefully, it, this kind of enhances the way teams view the regular season and how they take it seriously, but I don't see it just just given the basic facts that it's just going to be kind of like entertainment and kind of like money-related incentives. So I, that's kind of my, my take on it. I mean, what do you think?
1: Yeah, it's just kind uh, of keeping an interest for the regular season. You know, the season is long, and... Uh, like it's kind of like a lot of teams are trying to hardest for the entire season so I think it's just a way to get the ratings up, kind of make it exciting like how the Christmas Day games are and uh, yeah, just get more viewership and kind of keep the teams more engaged and such. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's really all it is in my opinion. I mean, just kind of entertainment, kind of a little reset at i think it's going to be supposed to take place in early december i believe something
1: yeah early december i think before the christmas day games okay yeah i
0: mean that's really all it is i mean it's kind of just a little reset i guess or i guess a little entertainment money but i don't other than that i don't really see it much else but hopefully if it let's i could be proven wrong let's see how it kind of turns out and if it does help with uh Teams taking the regular season more seriously Then I'm definitely all for it Moving forward into the next couple of seasons But I, I doubt I'll do that But we'll see Alrighty uh, Anything else uh, to discuss I think we kind of touched on everything else Free agency wise, uh, trade wise uh, Trade targets moving forward What What do you think? Yeah
1: I think, I think we touched on everything I don't think there's anything else I want to discuss
0: Alrighty, righty, so that'll wrap it up for the off-season, 2023 offseason recap. Haroon, thank you so much for coming on. Always a pleasure.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me
0: on. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoy the rest of the offseason. I'll be back in probably about a month and a half to discuss uh, the NFL preview for both the AFC and NFC. But until then, everyone stay safe and have a great rest of your summer.